Welcome to the Unapologetic Man Podcast. The only podcast that's all about self-improvement, confidence, success, women, and being a man without making any apologies for it. What's up, guys? It's Mark Singh, and today we are going to talk about the kinds of questions you can ask girls specifically during the first conversation. One of the biggest complaints that I get from my clients is you run out of things to say, you don't know what to talk about, she gets bored, and then politely excuses herself. So in this podcast, we're going to come up with some questions. We're going to get them preloaded. I'm also going to give you some questions from my course, The Conversation Sniper, which by the way, will be yours if you simply leave me a review and then email me at coachmarksing at gmail.com. Once again, that's coachmarksing at gmail.com. Leave me a review on iTunes, or if you can't do it through iTunes, then please do it through YouTube, and I will send you the Conversation Sniper as well as Guide to the Female Orgasm. Before we get started, I wanted to read you an email I just got from one of my clients. I thought it was very genuine and really profound, and uh, this is why I do what I do. Hey Mark, I don't say this enough, but I am beyond grateful for working with you. Thank you for changing my life. I'm so thankful that I have a better relationship with my dad because of you. With the concepts you've taught me, I feel more encouraged to empower other men. That is powerful. And uh, this guy is one of my favorite clients. What's up, brother? You know who you are. And uh, he's doing awesome with the girls. Um, He's absolutely crushing it. So that's the reason I do this coaching. My purpose is to help men become the best version of themselves, to get everything that they have the potential to get in their lives And that starts with women and then it spreads out to other things. And look at this. This guy has a great relationship now with his dad. Couldn't be more thankful about that, man. Man, my voice is jacked today, dude. Too much coaching. Too much passion in the coaching room. I'll tell you what. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this, guys. 15 smart questions to ask girls. Okay, first and foremost, as I always say, and which I'm a big preacher of, is let's use that brain in between your two ears and think smart. Okay, so if you're going to get into a conversation with a girl and if you're going to run into that girl in the places that you typically frequent, which if you're like me are the supermarket, the bars, the nightclubs, the gym, maybe Starbucks, maybe Jamba Juice or some other coffee shop type place that you typically go into, you would be wise to think of some questions to ask girls that pertain to those situations. So we're going to start with that. We're going to create questions about the situations you're often in. Okay, so the nightclubs and bars. That's where I go often every Thursday night. I go gaming. So I have preloaded questions that I'll often ask girls that pertain to the environment that I'm in. Okay, so oftentimes I'll say, did you hear about X, Y, Z? Did you is a good way to start a question. Okay, did you hear about X, Y, Z? The fight outside, the event coming up. Uh, how this manager was fired, how this bartender did this, how last week a patron threw a bottle across the bar and it hit one of the bouncers in the head, something like that. Okay, another thing is, did you know that one of the places I go to in Denver is called Cowboy Lounge? And this is a true story. It used to be a brothel in the 1800s. And I think that's so cool. Like, I really like living in Colorado because this is right where the Native Americans were. And our house is a little bit on the plains. It's called the Front Range, and it's where the plains were. And apparently there were millions and millions of buffalo that used to be around here. And like the Arapaho Indian tribe was here, the Cheyenne Indian tribe, and the Blackfeet were in this area. 
And in Denver, there's buildings that are so old, they're actual national monuments. And the one that Cowboy Lounge is in used to be a brothel. And then I always say, not much has changed, huh? 150 years later, and it still is a brothel, and then girls always laugh. So finding out facts about the places you go to, interesting facts, is really, really powerful. Okay, at the gym, every time I talk to a girl, I always ask her if she gets annoyed because guys are staring at her the whole time. I'm always like, hey, um, you mind if I ask you a somewhat kind of weird question? She's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, I always wondered this. What's it like to be, you know, a girl in the gym with dudes just staring at you? I mean, I see it. Guys are just groveling at you through the mirror, totally staring at you. It's getting a little weird sometimes. And they're always like, yeah, but, you know, I just ignore it. And, you know, you kind of get used to it. I just don't really pay attention to it anymore. And then I say, yeah, you know, I always get groveled at by the girls. Like they're always staring at my ass. It's like if I walk by a girl, it's like every time they pinch my ass, I'm like, come on now, have some respect. And then that always makes them laugh. So that's a question that I often ask to girls in the gym. I'll also ask them things that pertain to events that have occurred in the gym. So recently they switched the checking in process. I'll ask them their opinion about that. The machines in the leg section are really close together. It's like being on a flight. And oftentimes if I see a cute girl in that section, I'll go purposely sit right next to her and then lean over and be like, doesn't it feel like we're on an airline flight right now? And then they always crack up. And then I begin the conversation from there. I'll sometimes make comments about how the halogen lights in my particular gym are so bright. And when you're on your back doing bench press or incline press or whatever it is, it's like your eyes get burnt out and they'll often laugh about that. So common situations that you run into in the typical places that you go to have these loaded. Think about them right now. Where do I go all the time? How can I create funny, engaging questions about those places so that when I'm in the conversation, I'm not just like, uh, so where do you live? Or ask her a boring question like that. So prepare it, prepare it, prepare it, have it canned and ready to go, and then you can deploy it over and over again. I go into the supermarket pretty often. The way my diet is, I have to go in there probably two to three times a week. So what I'll ask, and this is really, really powerful for when you're talking to hired help. Okay, so when you talk to a girl who works at the supermarket, perhaps a girl works at a coffee shop or a clothing store or any place like that, I always ask them if so-and-so annoys them and then I create a funny situation about how they get revenge on people. Okay, so I'm going to get into this more in a minute, but in the supermarket, I always ask them if they're sitting there stocking bananas and I'll do this to guys too, just to practice. If it's a dude stocking bananas, I'll be like, Hey man, does it ever annoy you when people just pop one banana off and leave with that one banana? Like you've situated them all perfectly in groups of six. And then that one jackass comes and pops one banana off. And then it always makes them laugh because they probably do get annoyed by that. And I've pointed it out. And then I say, the next time someone does that, you should slap their hand like a school teacher. And that always makes them laugh. I just did it the other day to this pretty cute girl. She was cracking up about it. Cause dude, people aren't used to other people being able to empathize with the struggles they go through in their job. If somebody came up to you and nailed an exact struggle that you deal with day in and day out with your job, you're going to immediately like that person. Like if you're a customer service rep, right, on the phone, there's very clear frustrations that you have to deal with every day. And if somebody points that out to you, you're going to like that person. That's why whenever I get on the phone with like Verizon, the internet bill, oh shit, I have to call the internet place. Thank you for reminding me. The internet people, 
whoever it is I get on the phone, I always tell them the story about how I was a customer service rep myself. I know what it's like. And then I always say, you know, when I worked at Oakley Sunglasses and people would tell me, hey, could you hold on for a second? I have to go grab my sunglasses. I would always tell them, dude, take as long as you need. Take 10 minutes if you want. Go get some lunch. It's all good. Now, customer service reps can relate to that because we're talking all the time. And when someone says, hey, can you hold on? We want nothing more than to hold on because we're not allowed to take breaks other than our scheduled breaks. And the only other breaks that come in is when customers say, hey, can you hold on? So they always crack up. I always get really good rapport with them. And coincidentally, my fucking phone bill is super cheap. I got the best possible deal on my internet. Every place that I talk to on the phone, I always get the best deals because I gain rapport with the people. I relate to them. They feel kindred spirit to me. Therefore, they like me and therefore they give me the best deals they've got. Going back to the supermarket, you always hear those little announcements where it's like, there's a car parked for the floor department on two, one, two. And so I always ask people, what does it mean there's a car parked for the floor department? And they go, no, no, no. There's a call parked for the floor department, which means there's a call waiting. And I'm like, oh, I was like, a car parked? What the hell does that mean? Always makes them laugh. Um, also, you're here in supermarkets. Security check on aisle five, please. Security check. And I always wonder, like, did they catch somebody stealing something? And like the security has to go over there and, and you know, stop them. So these are the kinds of questions you can ask. Okay, a coffee shop, you can simply ask her what she ordered. If you guys are sitting there, which is a great opportunity, at Starbucks, you order your drink, then you stand off to the side, and you guys are waiting. There's a hot girl there, you're waiting for your drink, she's waiting for hers. Bro, like what better time is there to approach a girl than that? You can just say, hey, what'd you order? What'd you get today? And then you should have another question, statement, or observation ready to go on top of that. Hey, have you ever, um, have you been here before? Yeah, yeah, I have. Have you ever seen that barista? It's a dude and he kind of has like purple hair. She'll be like, yeah. And I'll be like, you know, I don't really like to talk shit about a lot of people, but that guy's such a dick. Has he ever been a dick to you? And she'll be like, yeah, you know, she'll relate to that. You can even come up with an interesting fact about Starbucks. I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently the logo for Starbucks is a mermaid and you can kind of see her face. And then I guess she's holding up both of her legs like spreading open or hoo-hoo. That's what I've heard. I don't know if it's true, but if I'm feeling a vibe with the chick and I feel like she's not going to freak out if I say something like that, I'll be like, hey, have you heard the interesting thing about the Starbucks logo? And she'll be like, no, what? And you'd be like, well, it's a little bit crude, but apparently people say that this is a mermaid who's holding up her legs and exposing her hoo-hoo. And then she'll always laugh and then we'll look at the look at the logo together and say, yeah, I can see that. It looks like she's holding something. What's that she's holding? All right, going back to my other podcast, which you should listen to if you haven't already. It's the one titled, What 99.99% of Guys Get Wrong With Girls. I talked about reactivity. Okay, so when asking these questions, you want to avoid doing what most guys do, which is to look like you're eagerly waiting for her response and you're smiling, leaning in, and super fired up to get what she thinks. I want you to say these questions very offhandedly, you don't really care about her response. Now there's a fine line here, gentlemen. You can also come off as an asshole who's aloof and arrogant. So it needs to come off again, like I always freaking say, you're talking to a 13-year-old girl on your soccer team. Hey Kelly, where, where are the soccer balls at? Or hey Kelly, did you did you notice that there's, there were 10 soccer balls last week and now there only seems to be five? Where do you think the other ones went? 
How would you stand? What would your body language be like? That's the same thing you want to bring in to when you're asking girls questions. Now, as you're sitting here listening to this, you say, okay, Mark, got it, got it. I'm going to do that. But here's the problem is when you go do it and if you haven't been practicing, more importantly, if you're not warmed up, you're going to do it wrong. You're either going to be too aloof or too interested in her reply. So how do you circumvent that problem? Well, you warm up. You talk to people all the time. You're always being social. You're always asking questions so that when that hot girl comes, A of all, you imagine her as a heifer in your mind, and then B of all, you just emulate the same body language that you've been doing the whole day when you've been talking to dudes and grandmas. So remember that tip about reactivity. The question actually isn't as important as how you say the question, how your body language is, how you look at her. And it needs to be that fine balance between being aloof and being too interested, waiting for her reaction and thereby you being too reactive and being underreactive. This is one of the hardest things to teach because this is one of the things that just simply comes with experience. How do you get experience? Again, talk to everybody, talk to lots of girls. Quality comes from quantity. Girls are just practice. They're all over the place. That's the great thing about this society. That's the great thing about being a human in 2020 is there are girls all over the place. To me, it's like a video game that takes place in my daily life. Everywhere I go, there's girls. Everywhere I go, I get to practice and get better and better and better. And that should be your philosophy too. All right, moving on. You can also create questions about world events. While I typically don't like to talk about politics, I found it pretty interesting that Trump was impeached and then he was acquitted. So I have brought that up at the bar when he recently got acquitted. Hey, did you hear Trump got acquitted? What do you think about that? Now, it's best to avoid politics because it could get into a heated discussion, but it is effective if you simply ask her her opinion, and then if she asks you your opinion, you just tell her honestly. If you're like me, you kind of don't give a shit. You're not on either side or the other. You're kind of more in the middle. You can see the good things he does. You can see the bad things he does, and I think... You know, when you are an open-minded person, that's kind of where you land typically on your belief systems and your politics. So I just brought it up and I was like, hey, hey, what do you think about that? And then I talk about how I'm an internet marketer and the big reason Trump got elected, which by the way, this is true, was because he uses simplicity of speech. I was a copywriter for a long time and copywriting means writing sales material. And there's a program you can run your copy through, forget what it's called, but it basically tells you what your copy grade level comes in at. What you wanna come in at is about seventh grade, seventh grade, because simplicity in messages sells the best. So if you have too many complex words, if your sentence structure is too crazy and hard to read, people aren't gonna buy it. But if it's very simple and very easy to read, and it almost floats into your head as if it takes no effort whatsoever, then you're gonna sell way more copies. If you wanna look at some copywriting examples, you can check out my website, coachmarksing.com. You'll see that I space out the words, each sentence is spaced out, it's pretty simple, and then I get into the emotions. And that's really important, that's what Donald Trump did. What emotion did he get into? Well, for the right-wing people, he got into anger. We need change, make America great again right? And for everybody else, it was humor. He was an entertainer. He learned that from the Romans. Entertain the masses and they will be distracted. Well, that's exactly how marketing works. So I'll tell that to girls. 
and they'll be really interested. They'll be like, whoa, I didn't know that. Really? His messages come at a seventh grade level? And I'll be like, yeah, like honestly, it's probably more like a fourth grade level, right? Let's build the wall. It was huge, right? These things that he says, very basic statements, but that's what that's what people resonate with. All right, so circling back to what I was talking about before, and this is this is huge itself, is you want to create questions about frustrating things the person you're speaking to has to deal with, okay? So oftentimes when I ask a girl, so what do you do? She'll tell me, let's say she works at the DMV. Now what I'll do is I'll take that and I'll make an interesting question based on the fact that she works at the DMV. So let's do this little exercise together, okay? What do you think is frustrating about working at the DMV? Okay, so take a few moments to think about it. You're at the DMV, you're sitting there at the desk waiting for people to come up. Okay, well, the way I think about it is everybody's in a foul mood, right? People hate going to the DMV. Everybody looks like they're bummed. It's a very kind of low vibrating place. So I would immediately assume that you probably get a lot of people who are kind of assholes. You probably get a lot of people who are complaining or pissed off because they forgot their paperwork. That's got to be frustrating for somebody who works at the DMV, wouldn't you agree? It's like being a court clerk. By the way, I had to record that five times because I couldn't say it. it was such a tongue twister. It's like being a court clerk. There we go. Got it. All right. So it's like being a court clerk and you're dealing with people who are like frustrated. You're dealing with people who are assholes who don't want to pay their court fee. Or it's like being the person who works at the tow yard, right? If somebody worked at the tow yard and I'm talking to her, hey, what do you do? Oh, I work at the tow yard. I'm the cashier. I mean, that's gold right there. Tons of content. All right, going back to the DMV example, I would ask her, so do you ever get people who are just kind of assholes to you? And she'll be like, oh yeah, definitely. And I'll be like, do you ever accidentally, quote unquote, add a few pounds onto their weight? Maybe add a little bit of Photoshop, put a, put a wart there right on the tip of their nose and they always crack up. So you want to find the frustrations that people go through and then create a funny situation about how they enact revenge on these people. With nurses, in Denver, there's a nursing school right next to the bar district. So I meet tons and tons and tons of nurses. So I've come up with funny things to say to nurses because it seems like every other time I meet a girl, she's a damn nurse in nursing school. So I say the same kind of thing. Does it ever get annoying to you when like patients are complaining or they're being assholes or they're just being disrespectful to you? Of course, she's going to say yes. And I'm like, so when you take their blood or give them a shot, you just kind of aim for that nerve a little bit, just kind of jab it a little bit deeper. And they're like, no, you know, or yeah, like sometimes I want to do that, but blah, blah, blah. It gives you that extra little bit of conversational substance for her to seek her teeth into. Now I want you to go back to the episode, dude, I don't even remember what it's called. I give the three-step process for how to ask a girl like what she does, right? So I'll review it briefly here. So in that process, you ask her, what do you do? And you say, whoa, 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 let me guess, let me guess. You are an ice cream man. And she says, ha, 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 no. And then I say, don't be ashamed of it. Denver needs good ice cream, man. It gets hot during the summer. We are, after all, a mile closer to the sun. So I respect what you do. But here, you have to bring me two gallons of mint chocolate chip ice cream tomorrow. Be here outside of the bar at 12 p.m. I actually live in a cardboard box right out in front of the bar. So I'll just pop out. I'll be the guy dressed like a homeless man. Bring me the two gallons. Deal, deal. She says, no deal. Okay, that's the joke. Then I say, what do you really do? She says, oh, I'm a nurse or I'm studying to become a nurse. That's when I can deploy the, does it ever frustrate you when X, Y, Z? 
And she'll say, yeah, or no, or whatever her response is. And then I'll add in another piece. What made you want to become a nurse? Or what do you love about nursing? Or so, so you're a healer, right? You have like a healing energy about you. I can feel it already. Have you always known you wanted to be a nurse? And it's a good way to ask her about what she does. Try to get her to tell a story about what she does. And now you're building attraction. All right, so we had the DMV example, nurses, supermarket person, uh, maybe a waitress. Sometimes you'll meet a lot of waitresses. I mean, it's so obvious the frustrations that waitresses get, right? So think about the typical kinds of girls that that you meet in your area. I have one client who lives in New York City. Out of respect for him, I won't say his name, but you know who you are. What's up, brother? And he's a lawyer. Okay, so he often meets other lawyers. So we came up with a way to do a false disqualifier. Oh, you're a lawyer? That sucks. She's like, why? Do you hate lawyers? And he'd be like, no, I'm one too. Um, we would just argue all the time, get in a big food fight. You'd sling pickles at my forehead. I'd spray ketchup all over your face. We'd have to walk home looking like a couple of dorks. Not going to work out. Okay. Once again, you want to have fun with girls, uh, do false disqualifiers and come up with questions. That's going to make the conversation fun. And these are the ways to do it. By the way, just kind of thought of this one. Um, when they say they're a model, you say, are you like a eyebrow model or something? Oh, so like what? Are you like a hand model? I didn't think there was much work for hand models anymore. So sometimes when they tell me they're a model, I say, oh, do you get dressed up in a burrito outfit and go dance on the corner? That's fucking awesome, dude. Are you going to be dancing out there in a, in a big jalapeno tomorrow morning? Because I want to definitely check that out. And then they slap you on the arm. Whenever they slap you, you know you're doing well. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next podcast.